Welcome to ADHD is over, a new podcast on a seemingly old label that we're going to be peeling off. Join my wife, Tatiana, and I as we journey with our family, the Wyden family, through the land of confusing information. We're going to visit both sides and let you decide because the power is with you. Welcome to ADHD is over. Hello and welcome back during this holiday season week to our podcast. It is December 2021. Welcome or welcome back. I'm excited you're here. I'm excited about a couple more things other than that you are here, interested, ready to listen to our podcast. Thank you for your attention. That is the most valuable commodity you have, and you're giving it to us so generously. So thank you. Two things. One, during this holiday season, we're about to release our ADHD diagnosis survival guide for conscious parents. I'm so excited. So excited. We've been sharing it with a few parents, sort of a beta test. We've been sharing it with a few experts. We've gotten some great feedback and we're really, really, really excited to release it. So stay tuned. It might happen by this Friday, Christmas. That is our our intention. Now, for sure by the end of the year, but my goal is to release this as a holiday gift or as a seasonal gift to parents everywhere. I'm also really excited that we're about to hit episode 100 coming up very soon. Also might happen before the end of this year. It's all TBD, but we have some amazing, amazing uh, guests coming up. And we've had some amazing guests in the past. And I'm fortunate and grateful that I have the pleasure of talking with such amazing human beings about this. ADHD. So let's get right into it. Today's episode is called All Brains Matter. That's right. I am borrowing from a recent cultural slogan. Um, You've probably all heard, or most of you have heard, depending on where you live, about the Black Lives Matter movement, the sort of anti-racism movement. One of them one of the obviously most recent ones. And so many people have begrudgingly called it all lives matter. And look, here's the thing. Why is that statement controversial? Well, it is controversial not because of its validity, of its meaning, because who would ever disagree with a statement like all lives matter? Nobody would. Well, people would if it's the wrong timing, right? There's that saying, that famous saying of like, too soon, too soon. So all lives matter is a controversial statement today because the movement Black Lives Matters, sorry, Black Lives Matter, that's the correct version. I've had a little too much coffee this morning, but I'm excited. So the original statement of Black Lives Matter is we need to allow that movement, that statement, that sentiment, that, that emotion, that commitment to the cause, we need to give that some space and time. 
before we can say all lives matter. But nobody in the world would ever agree with all lives matter. So I just want to be clear about that. It's all about timing in that case, right? That's the example I'm borrowing from. When I say all brains matter, you most likely will think, well, duh, right? Equality. All our brains matter. It doesn't matter what a brain is like, whether it's disordered, diseased, right? Whether we call it handicapped, whatever you want to call it. There's many terms out there, right? But we, nobody would disagree that all brains matter. If you disagree, please email us. I'd love to have a conversation around this. But I'm pretty sure you're all with me on, on the same page for now. All brains matter, right? All humans matter. All life forms matter. First of all, scientifically, if they are set in reality here on this planet, if you and I agree that they're real, then they matter because it's, they're made from matter. So it matters. But that's just a side note. So all brains matter. You're with me. Great. Why do I use that statement? Well, I use that statement because... I believe that somebody with a so-called, you know how I feel about that, with a so-called mental disorder matters as much as somebody without a so-called mental disorder. I think we could all agree, right? I think there's a, a sentiment uh, in our society, sort of a, a moral, sometimes it feels like an obligation, often it's virtue signaling, but most people would be nice to somebody handicapped or nice, you know, if someone says, oh, my son has this disorder, most parents are like, oh, I'm so sorry. And, you know, what can we do? And they might even be more gentle around a child like that. Now, I'm going to try not to dive into this rabbit hole, but I do take issue with that. I recently um, heard from a mother who told me a story that, um, you know, her son was diagnosed with a mental disorder. Um, and, you know, the reaction of the parents was like, well, that's fine. Um, we're just not going to label him like that. We're just going to, he is who he is and that's it, right? And there was another parent that at some point found out that this child was diagnosed with a mental disorder and that the parents chose not to label him. But the moment she found out that the child had a quote unquote mental disorder, she felt more empathy or more love, she said, towards this child. She said, oh, now that I know there's something wrong with him, oh, I'm going to go easy on him. I'm going to treat him differently. I'm going to be nice. I just thought he was a little asshole. And my reaction to that was like, okay, well, so if you now know or you think that there's something, quote, unquote, wrong with this child, now you're tapping into your unconditional love. But before you weren't going to, before you deemed that the child is difficult, but refused to dig deep within yourself to find the love for that particular child. I just wanted to make this side note because I do believe that there is this underlying condition in our society where once we find out that science or 
medicine deemed somebody as disordered or handicapped or diseased, whatever. Then we dig in deeper to find that unconditional love. And my question is, how come we don't do that at all times, no matter what, no matter with whom? Just a question, something to explore. But I don't want to be, this is not the deep dive we're doing. So let's go back to all brains matter. You've probably heard, if you have a child with ADHD or you've been around ADHD for a while, you've heard that term neurodiversity, right? You've also heard the term superpower when it comes to ADHD. I want to talk about both of them in this episode, and it's not going to be a long episode. I just wanted to, uh, I made a note to myself the other day that I do, I must talk about those two. Let's start with neurodiversity. I often hear this with parents who know there's something up with their child. Their child is hypervigilant, like hyperactive or impulsive or, you know, any of the symptoms that our experts um, have, you know, defined to be symptoms of ADHD, right? As per the DSM, the Diagnostical Statistical Manual of the United States, right? So those are the symptoms. And when parents often, uh, you know, realize that perhaps their child could be labeled or diagnosed and labeled with ADHD uh, or any kind of learning uh, disability, they often say, well, I have a neurodiverse child. Now, look, I understand that move. I would have done the same in the past. We didn't come across this term right away, of course, during our research. Later we did. Um, and it always sort of felt like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. My son is neurodiverse. But the more I looked into it, if you really look at that statement, neuro, brain, diverse, right, diversity, many, many different kinds, well, then that applies to all of us. Every single one of us is part of the neurodiversity. How come? Well, no brain, scientifically proven, no brain is ever the same as another brain. Ever. Can't be. Impossible. So by, you know, nature of definition here, we are all neurodiverse. Now you may see the connection that I've made earlier with all brains matter. Before this, this term neurodiversity, or still up until now, has been reserved for some, some child or somebody with ADHD or dyslexia or anything that we call a mental disorder, learning disability, right? We sort of said, well, they're just neurodiverse. That's all. There's nothing wrong with them. And look, I'm with you on that. There's nothing wrong with them. You know me. You know this podcast. There's nothing quote unquote wrong with our children, period. Sorry about that. I had a little call come in here. Um, didn't turn off my phone. Lesson learned. Um, so again, there's nothing wrong with our children. If any expert ever tells you there's something wrong with your child, they may not use that language. I think they've become, you know, smarter, more clever than that to say there's something wrong with your child. But if you as a parent feel that the expert, what they're trying to say, even subconsciously or between the lines is that your child is the problem, there's something wrong with your child, we just simply invite you to pause there and decide 
which side you're on. And you will see this when you download our ADHD diagnosis survival guide, that it's very clear cut. There's two sides. There's either child is the problem. The other side is child is not the problem. Child is influenced by environment, right? By events that happen, by experiences in life. So those are the two sides. And you get to choose which side you're on. And you also get to decide which side is empowering for you and your family, right? So that about, there's nothing wrong with your child. Just wanted to say that. So the term neurodiversity has been reserved for people who have been diagnosed with a mental disorder, perhaps, or a learning disability. I do feel that that is still creating a stigma. Because whenever I hear a parent say, oh, I have a neurodiverse child, I know exactly what they're saying. I know exactly what sort of, you know, wrapper and bow that wrapping paper, right? I, I see it and I get it and I don't judge it. I'm simply here to question it. We are all neurodiverse. If we reserve this term neurodiversity for our children who have been diagnosed with mental disorders or learning disabilities, right? I do feel we are creating a stigma because neurodiversity does not mean a child who has a mental disorder or who has a learning disability. Neurodiversity actually means that all of us are diverse and different. So if we could start realizing that and we could celebrate every unique human being for who they are, for he or she or it or whatever your gender identity, whatever, whatever it is, you are, he, she, they, them, you fill in the blank. If we can realize we're all different, diverse, we have, we all have different brains, right? Neuro, then we can celebrate each one of us without labeling anything. So that's what I wanted to say about neurodiversity. I don't think that's the right term to use for children who are str struggling with these behaviors. Because as you know, we, we do acknowledge the struggle is real. The label doesn't have to be. And I just don't think that's a label to use to replace. Now, it's a good start to move away from a disorder and a deficit. But I just don't think it's the right label or a one of the right labels. And you can email us if you'd like to have a discussion around that. I'd, I'd love to, you know, if somebody disagrees or has any ideas, please, please, please email us. Be a guest on the show. Just go to ADHDsover.com and contact us, okay? Now, the second thing, superpower. I've heard this a lot from, from uh, people with ADHD who say, well, ADHD is my superpower. And look, you know, I get it. It is a superpower in a sense when it's guided, you know, by, let's say if it's a child, guided by the primary caregivers, for an adult, I think adults who use ADHD as a superpower, they've learned to calm down their, their own nervous system. They've learned to restore their nervous system to go from parasympathetic to sympathetic. They have found ways through meditation, breathing, workout, and so forth, diet, whatever, whatever works for them. They've harnessed that and made it a superpower. Absolutely true. I do this myself, and I do believe 
that what we call ADHD, those, those hypervigilant behaviors, those, you know, taking in more information at one moment than the average person is a superpower. What it is, it's part of the human operating system that has been forced to become more extreme, quicker, right? To take in more information and to even make sense of all that information coming in at the same time. And that's due to traumatic, stressful events that have happened in that person's lives. And trauma, by the way, is designed, or I should say, stressful events in our environment have not only been manifested by, by us individually or by our souls on this journey, on this planet. So therefore, anything that happens that's stressful or traumatic is there for us to grow from, to grow past with the right support, of course, right? If it's a child, a young child, us, the parents, have the responsibility to help our children process and quote-unquote heal from those traumatic and stressful events so that eventually it will be a superpower, right? Eventually we will be able to create spontaneously, impulsively, right? As it's so often shunned, oh, impulsivity is a bad thing. No, it's how we calibrate our intuition. So to follow our own impulses is gold, is key. That's part of the superpower. But we have to learn to discern, to distinguish between impulses that are not good for us and the people in our environment and those that are, you know, source, God, whatever you want to call it, based, right? That are guiding us through life to, to steer us towards the experiences that we're meant to have. So that's the superpower. But when not fostered, in the right way, nurtured and guided through, through caregivers, right? Parents in most cases, then it is not a superpower. And I do find many adults hiding behind that label, the superpower. Oh, my ADHD is my superpower. But I've noticed that a lot of them don't do any work on themselves. Don't do any work to harness it don't do any work to allow, to help themselves calm down their own nervous systems, right? I see, I, I speak about adults right now, even though that's not really our movement, because when it comes to young children, it's the parent's responsibility. But in the case of adults, I've observed it many times where uh, uh, ADHDers, as they call themselves, they're hiding behind such labels as neurodiversity or superpower, or even just I have ADHD or being an ADHD -er. and if there's no additional work done, if it's just somebody who takes medication and who copes, who tries to just make it through the day, make it through life, then to me, they are hiding behind a label, unwilling to do the real work. Because in order for someone to say ADHD is my superpower, if that's really true, and I've met many hundreds of individuals with ADHD talked to by now probably thousands. I can always tell when it's a true statement, when somebody really is harnessing those behaviors and it takes work. But those are the individuals who are changing the world. You know, in the future for our human race, we depend on these individuals who have perhaps experienced heavier trauma, more stress in, in, in their lives than the average uh, human being 
because now their systems have been activated to take in more information, to think more critical, faster, less predictable. And that's the key word here, less predictable than the normal quote unquote average person. And there's no right or wrong. There's no better or worse. It's just what's so. But I do believe that many of the advances that have happened in our society, not always for the good, but many of these, most of these advances were due to these individuals who we would call when they were children as disordered, crazy, too much, weird, fill in the blank. Fill in the blank of what they called you when you were little, if you're one of them. I, I, for me, it was like too much, not good enough, not normal, weird, whatever it was. And those are the human beings that we will depend on, especially, and you've heard me say this before, as we're going to be merging with, yes, it's happening and it's not a bad thing. It can be used for bad and it will be as anything on this planet is always, we have the people who embrace it, love it, use it for the good. And then there's the people who run with it and use it for selfish reasons and and ends up being destructive and so forth. This is no different. But what's happening is we are being merged with artificial intelligence. Right now it might be externally. Soon it'll be internally where there's actual merging happening. And I always say, at least for the time being, it's probably going to change in the long run, but at least it won't happen, I think, before I die. And I plan to live another good solid 30, 35 years, at least on this planet. I don't think what's going to happen before that is that, you know, even though we're going to merge with artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence will have a really hard time for a long time to mimic impulsivity, to be unpredictable, because the jobs and the people that artificial intelligence will replace first are the ones that are predictable. If you are a predictable person working at a predictable job, you should be concerned. I didn't say worried because we can change our lives at any moment. I think it's worth for you to look at why am I staying inside of this predictable pattern? Is there a comfort, right? The comfort zone or is it laziness? Whatever it is, right? It's, it's easy for all of us. Look, I'm human. I fall into this often where I get predictable. I get comfortable. Things can be repeated too easily. It's almost an autopilot. Well, autopilot is an artificial intelligence. So Again, my point here is, I don't want to get too deep into it, is that it is important that we recognize and honor such individuals that will be unpredictable, will be impulsive, highly creative, that will steer us in new directions towards new frontiers. People on the spectrum have done this for years. Look at uh, uh, Branson, look at uh, Elon Musk, Edison, you know, powerful people with amazing brains have led us to where we are. And it's going to continue. They're going to continue doing this. And th these are the people with these so-called mental disorders. And we have to realize that they and us, them and us, we're all part of this neurodiversity. We're all diverse 
our brains are all different. Hence the name of this episode, All Brains Matter. When we can celebrate each unique individual for who they are, and also you hear me say this a lot, and who they're not, because not no one's the same. When we say a normal brain, like one of our experts, Dr. Thomas Armstrong, so beautifully says, show me a normal brain. Where is it? Is it under a bell jar somewhere in a museum? Show it to me. Prove to me that that is the normal brain. And how do we measure all other brains up against this one not really existing normal brain, right? And I, look, I know this is a statistical term, the norm, right? I get it. But if you can see past that statistical term and get that there is no normal brain, it's a statistical term. It's like a 3D rendering of an actual thing. It's not the thing itself. It's a statistical term. It does not exist. Therefore, all brains matter. We're all neurodiverse. We all have superpowers, but only when we harness anything that's challenging in our lives to benefit ourselves and the people in our environment, then it's a superpower. ADHD is not a superpower. First of all, as you know, ADHD is a term, it's made up to describe a set of symptoms that are really observed behaviors. That in itself is a label, it's not a superpower. So what is the superpower then? Well, I can take in more information and I'm more creative. Okay, that can be a superpower. But if you're overwhelmed with multitasking and you don't get anything done and you're a procrastinator and you're so impulsive that you are addicted to drugs and get divorced four times and, you know, and so forth, again, no judgment, but then it's not a superpower. Then it makes no sense to say, well, my ADHD is my superpower just because someone else said it or you read a book about it. Like Dale Archer's book, The ADHD Advantage, right? A great book. And it's not that you can't just say ADHD is my superpower and do zero work on yourself and on your nervous system. Because I know from experience that then it's an inauthentic way of living. It's hiding behind a label or to say, well, I'm just neurodiverse. Well, yeah, we all are. Then what are you? Well, I've had some stress and trauma in my life and therefore I'm hypervigilant. I'm, I'm hyperactive and I can't focus. Okay, let's start there. That doesn't mean you're neurodiverse. We, by nature, we are all neurodiverse. Again, I'm not bagging on, you know, parents using this in front of educators and experts because I get it. Us parents, we have, if we're not going to use the label ADHD or any label like that, we have to use something for right now, right? Until, I always say, until humanity catches up with this, until we no longer need to label anyone with anything. And we can just get that someone is who they are right now and who they're not right now. And they may change in a second and be something else. If we can acknowledge that eventually, then we won't need labels like this. So my suggestion is don't hide yourself or your child behind any label, even if it's neurodiversity, superpower, whatever. If it's empowering to you now, right now, great. Then yes, use it. But keep doing the work 
Because if we simply use these labels to hide behind or to rest on, to use them as crutches or to cope with it, or even to be righteous about it. You know, I've, I've met, I've talked to many people who are so righteous about having ADHD and being an ADHD or and being neurodiverse and, you know, that, that it's just, it's exhausting trying to talk to someone like that because all we're trying to get to is you are who you are and how can you improve your life so that you feel empowered? You don't have to be in righteousness or defensiveness or um, fighting to keep the label alive, uh, fighting to keep the industry alive and so forth or medication, whatever. Again, no judgment. But it's easy to tell when someone's empowered around it or disempowered. So anyway, this was uh, All Brains Matter. Really just wanted to explore this with you so that we're not hiding behind labels that we realize we're all different, we're all unique, and every single one of us matters. There is no one that does not matter, no matter what their brain is like. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing, powerful holiday season with your fam. We'll be back soon.